Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to The Paddock in the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. On today's podcast, we're going to look back at the Women's Under-19 T20 World Cup with England's Emma Marlowe, with a few extra guests from England, Scotland and the United States. Hello, Emma. Hello, thank you for having me on again. Well, great to speak to you again on the uh, show after the World Cup. Are you missing the sunshine? Uh, yes, most definitely. Um, the five, ten degrees isn't, isn't quite cutting it compared to 30-odd um, in South Africa. But yeah, just starting to get used to it again. Well, you look like you've got a bit of a suntan. Have you put all the suntan cream away then? Yeah, that won't be, that won't be needed for a while, unfortunately. I, I think you're right there. So on this podcast, I'd like to get your reflections on the tournament, that amazing semi-final win against Australia, and what it was like to be part of a global event as part of a touring England side. Firstly, though, what was it like to put on an England shirt against Pakistan? Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. Um, it's quite surreal, really. I feel like you don't, until you actually sit there, you know, you you're getting your match shirt on, you're putting the cap on, and you don't quite realise what it is, what sort of big achievement it is. And I guess it was nice to just sort of, you know, you take a second, I guess, appreciate that and all the hard work that's gone into it. Um, yeah, it was a pretty amazing moment. Yeah, when you first started hitting a bat and ball, the, the thought of playing for England. Yeah, it's, it's the dream, isn't it? Um, it probably was further like you know a couple of years ago you thought it's years away but um yeah it came around quite soon thankfully yeah shame you're not to like 15 or 17 you could go around again in two years time yeah yeah they're in thailand i think we were joking about going over there's a few of them that are still um that will still be eligible so a little reunion trip well why to start really by talking about what it was like actually touring. How, how different was it from being in a, with a group of players when you're playing for the Diamonds? 
yeah, I think, you know, none of us will have done an over, a proper overseas tour before. You know, a few of us obviously involved in the 100 last year. So it kind of gives you a taste of sort of being away for a while with the team. But it's a whole new environment, um, you know, being in South Africa. Um, but it was amazing. We all, everyone got on so well. Um, like it was an amazing team to be a part of. Um, so like the stuff away from cricket as well was amazing to kick off bucket list item and going on safari um yeah it was an amazing tour you must have got up early for the safari well no we didn't actually it was all right to be fair a little bit of a line compared to most days but yeah it was a, it was an amazing experience um uh yeah I think that's what you think about when you think of South Africa so to be able to do that was was pretty cool and normally with safaris you're talking about people getting up at five o'clock in the morning you didn't do that then no no, thankfully not. <laughs> and and what did what did the management make everyone part of the because obviously there's only eleven people can play at one time and there's fifteen in the squad, but you all played some games, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. No, everyone got everyone got game time. Um so yeah, it was for everyone to be able to go out there and get an England cap was was amazing. And did you get much chance to see your dad? Yeah, no, it was yeah. Um, Families were always there. All the games. There was a little um, little cafe on the on the Potterstream campus that we'd always go to after the games to uh, see all the families and stuff. And then we had we had a day where we could go off and spend time with them. So that was really nice. Well, we're not a travel travel podcast here, so let's talk about the cricket. Uh, what were what are your sort of reflections on the the whole tournament? England getting to the final. Yeah, I think. It's a, it's a tough one. Obviously, we'd wanted to go all the way. Like naturally, that was what we set out to do, um, and, and lift that trophy. But wasn't to be. I think you know we played some pretty good cricket, and we we battled in that semi final, especially. Um, but you know, you you have those days where it doesn't go your way, and I guess that's India were they were in the field and with the ball they were they were unbelievable um so i guess it's a it's a credit to them on on that day yeah talking about that semi final it must have been nervous watching uh, did you think that we could win the game when we were 45 for 7 surely not and then when we got 99 did you think we could win the 99 yeah I definitely i think you know our bowling lineup was ridiculously strong uh 45 for 7 you you're not, you know, there are definitely <laughs> doubts in there at that point. Um, it was pretty horrendous to watch. I think I was hiding behind Maddie for the last last over or two. Um, worse when you can't do anything, you just have to sit there and and hope, I guess. But yeah, it was it was amazing to see us get over the line. Um, and I think that just shows like the character of of everyone. Um, you know, not some people have been in those big moments before, like you know so free in the in that 100 final and that obviously show but people stepping up that haven't been under anywhere near that amount of pressure um people like ellie anderson and, and josie um being able to perform in in that moment was was amazing to see i mean josie groves and alexa stonehouse they doubled the score for the eighth wicket or just about i think they put 46 on they were 45 for seven so they did double the score that was effectively what won the game wasn't it yeah that that partnership really it saved us there they were brilliant let's in particular really 
stood up and I guess that's that's a testament to like how much like Josie as well wasn't before this year didn't or before last year um like wasn't really much of a batter and she I know how hard she's worked over over the last summer and winter so for those two to be able to go out and do that was really cool to see yeah we got used to her mum waving her big hands yeah. around on the television <laughs> yeah I did fine for that um but no that was she was she was good value um wasn't neat it was it was good to see but it's one of those games though that if you'd have lost it would have been such a gutting experience it must have been so hard for the Australians to lose that game yeah that's it's always worse when it's close isn't it um but they were they were really good to be fair I saw um Reese McKenna's interview after the game the other day um and like to be able to speak like that after that close and loss must be horrible but um yeah what we were staying at the same hotel as them um it was all it was all chill in the evening it was had some good chats with some of them it's nice to get to get to know them and the final being bowled out for 68 can you give any reasons why we only got 68 well those days wasn't it unfortunately yeah um I think everyone will know what what they could have done and you know it's easy to look back and say should have done this should have done that but I guess it's, it's happened now hasn't it um yeah I think it's just one of those things and everyone will take that experience with them and use it to fuel them in the future, I guess. I mean, did the wicket help the the Indian? Because they had five spinners out of six bowlers in that final. Yeah, I mean, it's probably something they're more used to playing on the NOS, but we played on a similar pitch in the semi. Um, and, you know, we had a fair bit of spin as well. Um so I think there's this there's not really any point making any sort of excuses, I guess. You've just got to accept that fact and, and give credit to them, really, I think. Turning to our three guests, John Aaron, the United States under-19 team manager, Rosa Simpkin, a teenage cricket and football vlogger who promotes women's sport, and Sue Strachan, who is a Scotland women's tour manager who went to South Africa as Scotland's medical liaison officer. Let's hear their reflections on the Under-19 T20 World Cup. Sue and John give us an insight into the Scottish and United States campaigns, while Rosa also gives her opinion of the tournament's media coverage. Well, my reflections on the first inaugural Under-19 Cricket World Cup uh, for women uh, is somewhat mixed in the sense that it was a beautiful tournament. It was an opportunity for the girls to come on and showcase their talents. Um, but it was the inaugural one. And so it was not without its little mishaps and, you know, speed bumps and or we call sleeping policemen in the UK um, from time to time. But I think overall, it was a fantastic tournament, um, at least up until the time when the US exited <laughs> from the group stage. Um, but it, it in fact, I, my reflections are very positive about it. The um, ICC folks on the ground in Johannesburg, as well as the Cricket South Africa, the local organizing committee, um, they have been fantastic in terms of support and guidance and, and assistance where needed. And we were very blessed to have some team liaison officers and team liaison support staff, security staff that were very, very resourceful and very helpful. So... I've come away with a very positive 
reflection on the Cricket World Cup. What about the uh, the standard of the competition? The standard of the competition, um, the ones that we were in a very tough group with um, Bangladesh and Australia and so on. Um, and so I, I can only judge from that that category, from that group stage. But also overall, when you look at England and New Zealand and India and, and Pakistan and so on, you realize that the standard of the competition was fairly high, not only for an inaugural tournament, but also for that particular age group, which augurs well for cricket and women's cricket in the future, coming out from all of the 105 playing countries of the um, of the ICC. I think it augurs well because the quality of cricket that I saw was of a very high standard for those on the 19s. And as for the United States, you've you mentioned you were in a tough group with Sri Lanka, Australia and Bangladesh. In your first game, Sri Lanka did take until the 19th over to get the runs. Yes, and I think we tested them. Uh, I think we surprised them to some extent. Uh, the girls have been doing very well preparing for the World Cup. Um, we've gone to the West Indies and played um, in the West Indies. Where we played Guyana, Barbados, Trinidad, Jamaica, Greenwood Island, Leeward Islands. And um, we won all of those matches, beaten, and we ended up beating Trinidad in the final, the championship final. It's called the Rising Stars, Cricket West Indies Rising Stars Tournament. And we won that final championship, I believe, much to the surprise of a lot of people in the Caribbean who didn't think that the U.S. had such good quality cricketers at that level. And from those six teams that we played, they formed the West Indies on the 19 team that followed us to Florida. And we beat them, I think, four to one in Florida. And so the girls were very well prepared for this tournament. And then we went to the UAE for a bilateral series with UAE. And we won those four to one, that that tournament four to one. So they were somewhat prepared and they knew what to expect. Um, So I thought our performance at that level, given the fact that this was our first World Cup on the 19 World Cup, was pretty... um, Commendable, I would say. Very respectful performance. And what did you think to the some of the other associate nations, particularly Rwanda? Well, Rwanda certainly surprised the West Indies. Huh? I mean, after we exited and came back to the US, I've been trying to keep up um, watching some of the matches or at least getting some reports on the matches. And so I was a bit surprised when I heard that Rwanda had beaten the West Indies. But then... Um, someone told me, he said, put it in context. The West Indies were playing on a name, the West Indies, um, piggybacking on the men, senior men's, and how well they had done in the 70s under Clive Lloyd and so on and so forth. And so that name carries over, that legacy carries over, and was a bit unfair to label the West Indies girls with that, well, they should beat Rwanda. And then Rwanda surprising them. You have to think of them being at on the 19th level, um, all struggling to make a name for themselves to um, hold on to their, their spots in the in the team. And so from that perspective, it was a balanced team. Rwanda and the West Indies, they are prob- probably the same developmental level. So it wasn't surprising to me that Rwanda might have beaten the West Indies. Um, the U.S. had beaten them, and the U.S. Is not, had not been playing cricket as long as the West Indies have been playing for sure. So I think it was a little unfair to the 19 West Indies girls to say, well, oh, you got beaten by Rwanda. No, you got beaten by just another team. And how much will the event help grow junior cricket or cricket in the United States? 
Well, hopefully it will help grow because the U.S. Um, USA Cricketers Cricket um, Board has a pathway for girls and women's cricket. And so girls can now see themselves on a pathway and with a proliferation or we're getting there anyway, of women's cricket um, leagues around the world, franchise leagues around the world, like the BBL and the fair breaks and, and all of that. And now the um, IPL is bringing in a women's um, league. Those are opportunities that the girls will see on the horizon and will probably say, oh, well, I can make it as a cricketer. It is not a dead end anymore. So I think this World Cup has certainly given those younger players here in the United States an opportunity to reflect and says, oh, it's possible. I could be a, a women's a professional women's cricketer. And so I think the performance in the World Cup would have demonstrated that and would help to boost that type of elevation of the game here. I think its effect on women's cricket as a whole has been huge. I mean, when you look at teams like Indonesia who have not played on grass wickets before coming into this tournament, to then get to play against teams who have professional players, it's just unbelievable. Um, And I love that women's cricket has gone from a point where it's let's score 30 from 24 to teams wanting to score 60 in the power play and it's working. Um, And I think it does highlight a bit of a gap between the higher nations and the lower nations because you have, obviously you have England who have five or six professional players in their team and players who've played in franchise cricket and then Rwanda who most of their players have come from charitable schemes and it does show that there is a firm gap but these tournaments are needed to bridge that gap. Um, But yeah, overall it was really positive. How do you rate England's performance in reaching the final? I mean, to go into the first game and nearly score 200 and then bowl them all out for 23 proved quite the point. Um, and Grace Scrivens was interviewed and she was asked whether bowling them out for 23 was in the game plan. And she said it was. So to be that positive going into your first game and think we can bowl a team out for 23, 24, 25 is unbelievable. Um and then to go into the Super Six, having won all their games comfortably, bowled two teams out for less than 100. And to then, against a more competitive Pakistan, have held them to 100 and for, for three, five, is just unbelievable. And I really enjoyed that because of the teams which were picked, players like Harris Pavley and Davina Perrin could come in in the middle order and have so much freedom with their batting, and it worked, because you had Scrivens at the top of the order with Heap, and you had the really graceful batting of Scrivens who could stay in for a really long time and build an innings. And then you had the quick knock-on effect of Heap, who a lot of people have said she played quite chaotic cricket, but it works, and she scored runs. It was really good. And then to go into the Super 6 and absolutely smash both of those games, it's just... You can't really beat it, to be honest. And I think everyone knew there would be they would be an advantage because they had these professional players. But no one could have predicted that they would go through these group stages in the Super Six and have it this easy. And to be able to carry on going through those games with that mindset and keep fighting and not just think, oh, we're fine now, we don't need to win these games, shows real character. And the semi-final... Yeah, the semi-final, you 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 were telling me off-air that you managed to watch it at school. 
yes um my DT teacher let me watch it and I was on my hands and knees at some points because it was a very <laughs> stressful game of cricket um and I think that semi-final put them at a disadvantage for the final because they only had a couple of days to come down from that and that was the game of most of their lives I mean to only score 99 and still manage to bowl Australia out with only three runs to spare is quite extraordinary and again Grace Griffin's leading from the front keeping our team calm and then you had Alexa Stonehouse and Josie Groves, who, who would have never and should have never been put in a position where they were the only ones who could score runs, contributing 35. Without them, they would have had no chance. Um, and the final, it was a great game from them, but I don't think they should be disappointed. Again, that semi-final put them at a bit of a disadvantage because India had a much easier semi. So they didn't really need to come down from it. But they just played it. That was a final to them. You know, that was their final. And then they had to go and do it again. Well, it's always good to beat Australia as well. It is always good to beat Australia, especially given how dominant they are in women's cricket. But to do that again in front of a bigger crowd with the senior team there, because <laughs> they went to watch, it's a lot of pressure. And sadly, they crumbled. But I don't think any of them are disappointed. They're just thrilled to have been able to play in a World Cup. And I don't think scoring 1,151 runs from seven games and taking 56 wickets, I don't think that's a bad tournament, to be honest. As a young cricket follower, what did you think of the media coverage, Rosa? I think it's a difficult one because, first of all, this tournament should have happened a very long time ago. That is an issue in itself. But no one knew what to expect ahead of this World Cup. No one knew what streams were going to be like. No one knew what any of the coverage were going to be like. And compared to what we have, for example, for the regional cricket here, it was amazing. The streams were unbelievable quality. They were available for everyone. The commentary was good. So the core coverage was what was needed. The issue was the social media reach from the teams individually. I mean, for example, for England not to post a team sheet graphic, before each game something which is so simple and they have someone out there doing media it's things like that which help reach the broader audience and sky yes they showed the game but did they at all advertise they were going to show the game no and if you don't advertise something during during other sports events and on social media then it's not going to reach the necessary audience at all um so it wasn't awful but i wasn't particularly impressed overall Wow, what a huge experience for everybody involved. Um, for me, it was amazing to be part of it and to watch these young women just drink up all the experiences that they were having. You know, often uh, the first trip abroad without parents, you know, they're going to a different country with different challenges and a different culture, perhaps. Um, and also trying to play their best cricket um, in the middle of a Scottish winter as well. So it was brilliant. Uh, it was frustrating at times for us, for Scotland, but I've come away thinking that for all of the girls involved in all of the teams, that will be something that they will 
remember for the rest of their lives. And um, that's what sport should bring. It should bring experiences and memories and um, things that send you in good stead for the rest of your life, I think, at, at that level. And, and it really did. I'm so delighted that we finally have a Women's Under-19 World Cup. And I'm even more delighted that they decided to make it a 16-team World Cup because the experiences that the girls from the associate nations had will, I think, reap benefits for them and their cricketing uh, careers in the future. So is that one of the legacies of the first tournament, the, the benefits to the associate nations in particular? I think so. Um, I think that the associate nations showed that they can compete. You know, there were some one-sided games, but then the final was very one-sided. So I don't think that you can chastise the associate teams for perhaps having a one-sided game against India because they were really very good. But uh, the games were played competitively. Uh, the joy on the faces of these players and the emotion that was seen by everyone as they played for their countries was just plain to see. But these experiences for the Scottish girls, for example, to have a chance to play against India. They're the first young Scottish women who have ever played against India. How amazing for them. And it means that, you know, next time they won't have the fear that perhaps crept in at times um, during the tournament this time, I think for all the smaller nations. And instead they will remember the successes they had, the wickets they took, the runs they scored. Um, there will be people that remember standout performances for some of the associate girls in, in our games and in other games. And it will never be the first time that they've faced uh, people they've seen on the television. You know, it would never be the first time they face them again. They will always be able to tuck those experiences in their back pockets. But for under-19 girls from all over the world to come together um, and compete in their sport, even if you don't get through to the second stage, uh, just an amazing experience. And I think that's part of what women's cricket should do for young female cricketers around the world and not for the young female cricketers that already have the opportunities to play um, with professional sides um, in, you know, for example, the 100 or the Rachel Hayhoe Flint or the Charlotte Edwards Trophy in England uh, and similar opportunities elsewhere. Um, the girls in the Associate Nations don't have those opportunities generally. And so this World Cup is absolutely massive for Associate teams particularly. And for the uh, the better funded, better supported female cricketing nations. I think it was proof of concept. It showed that the better structure that you have and the better support your young female athletes have, the more resilient they are at competition um, at, at, in a World Cup and um, the deeper your squads are. So it's proof of concept. It, it tells us what many of us knew already but it's very stark reality that actually if you invest in the women's game then you're 
young cricketers, your young female cricketers will be stronger and better and your teams will perform better and get better results. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And in the tournament, I thought the associate nations added a lot to the event. Yeah, it was amazing to see. We um we had a rest day on on one of the weekends and we, we went to see the West Indies Rwanda game uh, in person. So that was really cool to see the the Western uh, sorry the Rwanda fans were brilliant and to see that sort of you know Rwanda's cricketing history isn't I think we we were really up about it they've literally started playing in 2000 or something so they've been playing 20 odd years and then they've beaten a team like the West Indies it, it was amazing to see um and yeah, having 16 obviously the women's senior one now is only 10 teams but I think like having that 16 team really allowed people to see you know like what the future of women's cricket could be yeah let's hope I I did read that the next tournament is supposed to be 16 teams and I think that does help grow the game doesn't it oh yeah definitely and it's good we're seeing with the with the IPL the women's IPL now that they have to have a an associate nations player involved so you know whether whether they play or not it's being able to be involved in that environment will only do their teams good I guess and personally, you played against Pakistan and Rwanda. Were you happy with your own performances? I mean, look, you always want to you want to play more. You go out there wanting to be a consistent name on the team sheet, but I think it's not the be all and end all of my career. I think it's something I I want to use this experience, um, take the learnings from it, and then you know just progress with the season and and what's in the future. Um, like you know, I've, I've got the England cap now. No one's no one's going to take that away. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's something that I'll look back on in the future and know that it's it's held me in good stead. Yeah, your Wikipedia page is updated, so you, you, it's definitely there. What's what's um, Grace Skibbons like to play under as a skipper? Oh, she's brilliant. Um, She's probably one of the most mature people on the cricket field and then immature people off the cricket field. Switches it on for um for a captaincy. Um but no, she's great. Uh obviously probably the most experienced player in the team, uh, in terms of playing on that big stage. And obviously she's she's got the vice captaincy at Sunrisers, maybe. Might be making that up. Um, but you know, she's been part of the spirit team for two years. Um so yeah, she was brilliant, such a like calm head. Uh and like in that semi-final she needed to be in, you know, always will take responsibility like she did in that in that nineteenth over with the ball. So yeah, she was brilliant. And I must ask you, because you the two games you played, you played with two different wicket keepers. Uh, Maddie Ward was in the game against Rwanda, which was on her birthday when she got two stumpings and a catch. And then you were playing with uh, Seren Smale. Um, now she's quite. She's a typical wicketkeeper. She's very noisy, isn't she? 
yeah, I watched I watched back a bit of the uh, the semi final the other day, and she was drowning out the like we. I knew she was been loud. She was telling us all about her sledging, but I didn't realize she was quite that loud. Um, well, you yeah, certainly no, heard her. You certainly heard yeah, her on the telly. Yeah, she definitely did. Um, no, she's she's great behind the stumps, and obviously, Mads that, that game against Miranda, she was just unbelievable. Like that catch down the leg side was top class uh yeah she's she's a classy wicketkeeper now have you got your own player of the tournament you can pick an england player if you want it's tricky because i think i've I've not watched enough of the you know you catch bits of different games i mean obviously scripts is the sort of first player that comes to mind i think hannah baker as well for us was was unbelievable like to have that control as a leggy um is a pretty big skill um Sarah Watt for India look look good whenever obviously she's top scorer in the end um and I think like when we played Australia Illingworth and Clark opening the bowling I thought they were brilliant like Illingworth bowling 70 plus clicks that she's quite small as well so it's impressive and then Clark looked very handy nipping it both ways so yeah they both look promising yeah, Clark. Clark. She's Maggie Clark's only fifteen, so she's got potentially two more competitions even to play in. Yeah, that's quite a scary. Thought is that? Yeah, no, she was. She was so skillful, being able to swing it in away and and using the you know pitch that didn't have much sort of better sort of bounce or carry in it, but they managed to get a lot out of it. And with when I was watching the, the semi-final, Illingworth opening the bowling really didn't uh, ring true for a, um, especially for a, for a for someone from Yorkshire to, uh, opening the bowling for Australia. Yeah, she, she was brilliant. It was yeah, pretty um, big history with that surname to live up to. Um, but yeah, she bowled absolute wheels. Um, it's one of those actions, that, you know, sort of slingy. Um, and just manages to sling it down at, at probably 10 miles an hour quicker than we've faced all tournament. So that was really impressive. Who was your player of the tournament? You, you can include Catherine Fraser if you like. It's absolutely got to be Catherine Fraser. You know, I, I knew she would be amazing, but she never disappoints. Um, she had a really challenging time as captain. We had some very challenging games to play. She managed the captaincy um, at the same time as performing every single game we played. She took nine wickets in three matches. Um, and I think probably should have been on the leading wicket takers um, slide on Twitter from the ICC because she had the same number of wickets, I think, as Grace Scrivens had, who was on there. But Catherine Fraser did it in three matches, not seven matches. Uh, she had a match-winning knock against the USA, but she was just superb the whole way through. Um, she's only uh, she's only young. She's not been exposed to franchise cricket before. She hasn't had the advantage of being. She had a little glimpse of it in the hundred um, last year, but um, she is a girl. She's the real deal, and she is a girl who. If she chooses to, I think she'd go very far. Who was your player of the tournament and why? 
That was a difficult one because there are a couple of standouts. Maggie Clark, 15-year-old pacer, who was the youngest player in the Australian squad and took 10 wickets from five innings. That was unbelievable. Hannah Baker, I'm a huge Hannah Baker fan. Leggy, another one with 10 wickets. But for me, it has to be Grace Scrivens to lead her team like she did, score 295 runs as a top run scorer and have nine wickets being the fifth wicket taker. Is just unbelievable, and like she, she has future England captain written all over her for me. With the women's T Twenty World Cup coming up, I also asked John, Rosa, and Sue for their winners. Oh, good question. Um, I, I, I like India's chances um, because I think they've been there before, and they are more aggressively hungry, if I might use such a term. Um, and I, I like their chances of winning, but don't discount England and don't discount Australia. But right. definitely um, my money would be on India for a betting man, which I'm not, would be on in India. <laughs> That's a difficult one because I think the automatic answer is Australia. But for me, I don't think Australia are going to get it this time. I think the host nation are always a good one to look out for because you never know what's going to happen when they're playing in front of their fans, especially in T20 cricket. But for me, it's between South Africa, India and England. Those are my three. I think Australia will crumble early on this time. Well, hopefully, women's cricket will be the first winner. Hopefully, it will showcase uh, the growth of the women's game. Hopefully, it will be broadcast in a way that is accessible to as many people as possible. And if that's the case, then women's cricket will be the winner. I think it's very hard to see past Australia. Uh, They have incredible strength and depth. And um, they also seem to have a joy about their playing. And I love that. I love to see that. I think England could be brilliant. They seem to be have been a little patchy. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they can put it together every game. I think New Zealand are always exciting. You never know what you're going to get, and they've got some great players in the New Zealand team, and they always uh, they always do better than expected um, for such a small nation. I think we'll see standout performances within the other teams. Um, I'm obviously hoping that Ireland, as our neighbours, do really well, um, despite the fact they beat us in the qualifiers to qualify. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see if you if the spinners uh, dominate the bowling as they did in the Under-19 World Cup. It was very much spin to win in the Under-19 World Cup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that's the same um, in on the pitches that they play on um, for the Senior World Cup. But I hope it's just a brilliant event that showcases women's cricket and that is seen across the world. What are your thoughts on the tournament between the 10th and the 26th of February in South Africa? Yeah, I can't wait for it. Um, shame I can't still be out there in the sun watching it instead of going to have to turn the TV on. Um, but yeah, I think it, you know, we've, We've obviously just seen Australia lose to Ireland in a warm-up game. Um, whether that will 
say much. You usually don't look too much into a war game, but that's a massive thing for Ireland. But yeah, it will be interesting to see if anyone can can topple Australia. I think England probably have the best shot at doing that. Um, India, if they can sort their if they can sort their batting lineup out, could be could be dangerous. But I think it's going to be a tough task um, for anyone for anyone to beat the Aussies. Uh, obviously, hopefully we can we can do so, and I think we've got a good chance. You know. Some of the youngsters coming in and Dunkley looks in unbelievable form in those couple of warm-up games. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see what happens. So there's no way you could manage to keep out there for another like two or three weeks and you had to come if home? I, if only. It would have been, been lovely. Unfortunately not. Got to, got to get back to training. That's what I was going to say. Are you back now indoor nets? Certainly not outdoor yet. So. Um, I am back in tomorrow so I've had a, had a week or two off um just to to chill after a pretty intense month um so yeah back in with diamonds uh so yeah looking forward to that uh and then season starts soon doesn't it um so yeah that will be um something to look forward to so where do you go for nets oh uh, yeah we train at Headingley um so yeah it's pretty nice so they're good size nets as well yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good facilities there. Um, Not that you've got a long run-up, but uh... no, <laughs> um, quite hot in the in the um, in the indoor centre, which now I'll, I'll be adapted to. <laughs> it's fine. And when when then do you start to uh, when's your first game for the Diamonds? I think we're twenty second of April. Uh, we play Storm up at at Headingley, uh, first fifty over game. So yeah, it's pretty soon. I mean, what? couple of months um april feels very early to be playing outdoor cricket um but yeah no it should, should be good well, it was a big summer of cricket for the women and the men this summer can can uh, the women bring, bring those ashes back and uh, the first test well the the, the sole test match um starts on the 22nd of june at trent bridge do you think england can win the ashes hopefully let's get my ticket sorted for that um i think I think we'll get a good inclination from what happens in this World Cup, I think. Um, they'll probably end up playing each other in the semis or the finals um, if all goes to plan. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Obviously, the home ashes, so I, can't, I don't think it can get much worse than the, what happened last, last January. Um, so yeah, I think they'll be looking to fight back and, and hopefully reclaim them. And I think you know we've we've got the players to do to do just that. Uh, so yeah, it'll be a really it'll be a really good watch. Hopefully, just like and we've got, we've got a five day test as well this year, which uh, hopefully will mean a result either way. Yeah, God, there's not been a result for a while, has there? It probably won't last five days now, will it? Now that they've they've added it on, but yeah, I mean if it's if it's as exciting as the last test, then then we're in for a pretty good game. Well, thank you again, um, Emma, for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion. Also, special thanks to Rosa Simpkin, Sue Strachan and John Aaron for dropping in on the podcast. And uh, best of luck for the new season. Will you be in the draft as well for the for the 100? <laughs> um, yeah, potentially to be to be decided. Uh, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be an interesting one to, 
to see how that works. And the IPL, I'm not in that, but <laughs> that'll be interesting to see what happens there. So yeah, looking forward to that. Now, women's Premier League, get it right. Um, sorry, yeah. The- yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're <laughs> we're off branding now. We could be in big trouble. But now, that's obviously something though that in the future is a is a big incentive for any young women cricketer, really. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the amount of money that's gone into that deal is it's unbelievable like it's a huge it's a huge step for for the game I think it's like the second most the second most money that's gone into a deal or something behind the um the men's IPL um so yeah that'll be a huge step forward and it'll be amazing to see hopefully it'll be a a really good comp that just continues to drive the game forward well I'm sure the um under 19 Women's World Cup will drive the game forward. Shame you won't be around for 2025. I'm making you sound old here. But uh, hopefully one day you'll get a chance to put the England shirt on for the uh, the full side. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the aim now, I think. Um, and yeah, looking forward to watching the next one. Uh, I think it was, a, you know, the fact that was the first one. It seems, it seems a bit mad that it's not it's not been anything in the past. Um, but yeah, like just the amount of players that we've seen come out of that, and obviously mentioned the associate nation stuff. Uh, yeah, it's it's been great for the women's game. Yeah, and you think it's uh, going to leave a real legacy for the women's game having this under nineteen tournament? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, uh, hopefully we can we can inspire more people uh, to play. You know, there were loads of kids in at, at the games uh, at the grounds, which was really cool to see. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll drive the game forward and get more people involved well thanks again for joining me and good luck for the summer of 2023 thank you very much thanks for having me thank you for listening to the paddock and the pavilion follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at the pad and pad don't forget if you like the show please do leave us a rating and review sports social podcast network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.